Hey, Joel Miller here, Chief Product Officer here at Full Focus. This is not your normal Business Accelerator podcast episode. This is actually a little special drop-in. This is a bonus conversation between myself and Amy Porterfield. She was on the show just a couple days ago, but this time we're here talking about and just about her new book, Two Weeks Notice. Find the courage to quit your job, make more money, work where you want, and change the world. And what I love about this conversation is it has some direct application to business owners as well as people who are aspiring business owners. So if you want to find out more about Amy's book, listen here and go ahead and try twoweeksnoticebook.com to find out more about Amy's new project. But in the meantime, just keep listening. Amy, how would you define the quote entrepreneurial type? I would say that someone who is the entrepreneurial type is somebody who wants to call the shots. Mm -hmm. They crave leading the way and being as creative as they want to be and as strategic as they want to be without having to ask somebody their opinion or their permission. So it really comes with wanting to lead and also wanting to create something bigger than yourself. When you think about that, entrepreneurial type. There's obviously people within businesses right now that are that way. There are people that own those businesses. They're that way. There's a kind of a tension there. You kind of embody that tension when you worked in the corporate world. You realized, actually, I'm the entrepreneurial type and you felt the need to to free yourself to go out and do your own thing. Tell us a little bit about that journey. When I was still at my last nine to five job, I worked with peak performance coach, Tony Robbins, and I was the director of content development. And I got to travel the world and work on the content that Tony did on stage, like Unleash the Power Within and Date with Destiny. And I had a really great job. And I never, ever thought of being an entrepreneur. It was not even in my mind. However, one day, Tony had a focus group meeting where he brought in a bunch of online business owners. Humbly enough, I was called in to take notes. They needed someone to take notes at the meeting. So there I was sitting at a side table and listening to these guys. They were all men talking about their online businesses. And in that moment, I thought, I don't know what they're doing, but I want a piece of that. They talked Mm -hmm. about working when they wanted, where they wanted, how they wanted. They were as creative as they wanted to be. They were making amazing money, but they were also making a really big impact. And in that moment, I thought, I have never experienced freedom like that, to call the shots and to do my own thing and to work when I wanted, where I wanted, how I wanted. And in that moment, I thought, I've got to figure this out. So that was my first taste of there's a whole other world waiting for me out there and I've got to figure it out. But the word entrepreneur was a little bit too fancy for me. So for a long time, I just said, I want to be a business owner. Now I feel very comfortable saying I'm an entrepreneur, but that took a while. You talk in the book about unbossing. What do you mean by that? So the term unbossing means that you begin to believe that you can lead yourself, that you do not need anybody else to lead you. You do not need to ask permission. You do not need their insight. You do not need their, not only permission, but for them to make the decision for you. Mm -hmm. And the reason why unbossing is so important is that so many of us that have been in a corporate or nine to five environment for so long, we've never led ourselves. We've always either had a team behind us or we've always had a boss. And so there is a process of starting to unboss yourself. And the way you do it is you start to make decisions without asking permission. You start to think of different ways you could do it without having to get everybody else's insight. 
action by action, decision by decision, you start to unboss yourself and believe that, wait a second, I'm actually a great leader. I can figure this out. I could lead myself. You talk about some do's and don'ts relative to unbossing. Can you walk us through those? Yeah, so one of the do's for unbossing, again, is making decisions without asking everybody else's opinion. But also, when I think about unbossing, one of the things you wanna be very careful of is stepping back into employer mode. So one of the things I did when I was unbossing myself is I went out on my own to start my own business, but I was still in this process of unbossing. I, I still felt very comfortable with the boss. So I took a client, and I would do their social media for them, and I would allow them to treat me like I was their employee. So one of the don'ts is don't, if you, well, one of the do's is set boundaries, because when you don't set boundaries, you do allow your clients, your customers to treat you like you are their employee. And so at one point I had about eight customers or clients, and every single one of them treated me like that I was their employee. And I had no boundaries, I was saying yes to everything, and I hit burnout really fast. So that's another thing that can happen when you don't unboss yourself, you start to burn out pretty quickly because you've been saying yes to everything. You end up with too many bosses. And that's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay, so what about non-negotiables? And one of something out of that same area of the book stu stood out to me, which is tiger time. Talk to us yeah. about non-negotiables, especially tiger time. So when we talk about having to set boundaries so that you can step into being your own boss, one of the ways that you set boundaries is with non-negotiables. Non-negotiables is something I talk extensively about in my book, Two Weeks Notice, because it was something I didn't have in the beginning, which is why I really struggled with kind of figuring my way around entrepreneurship. So a non-negotiable is something you decide to do or not do, but it's non-negotiable, it's happening. So for me, I was about two years into my business and realized I have no boundaries and this is way too hard, so I have to figure out how to create a lifestyle that I love as well as a business that I love. So so one of the non-negotiables was I quit work at six o'clock every night or earlier if I can. So I'm not working late into the night just because my office is in my home. Another one was I do not take clients out of desperation. So in the beginning, I was so afraid I wasn't going to make enough money that I said yes to anybody who wanted to work with me. And then I looked around and thought, I'm working with a lot of people I do not enjoy working with. So I have to really check myself and I told myself no clients that I do not want to work with. And then another non-negotiable was every morning, my husband, he values coffee time. He loves 30 minutes with me where we don't talk about anything with my work and we just are present with each other and we talk about the day and we talk about us and our families and just really connect. And so that's a, a non-negotiable that the first 30 minutes of my morning, it's with my husband and it does start the morning off right. A non-negotiable can be anything, but it's really how do you create a lifestyle, not just a business. So with tiger time, this is how it fits into your non-negotiables. When you create tiger time, what you're doing is you're creating a space on your calendar where you're going to be very intentional. You're working on a specific project. You're building out your podcast. You're writing a job description for your next hire, whatever it might be. There is time on your calendar to be intentional to build your business. This is especially important for those who are just starting their business and maybe they have one foot in a nine to five job and one foot into entrepreneurship. Your time is incredibly valuable then. 
And so what I used to do from the very beginning is I'd put Tiger Timeline in my calendar and be intentional at this time, it's gonna be two hours and I'm working on X project. The reason I call it tiger time is nobody can get in there. You're like a tiger with her cubs. No one's coming near you. Because if you're not intentional with your time, I can promise you, and if you don't schedule it, it will never happen. Or you'll always let something else come in, and one day you'll look up and think, I haven't started that business that I wanted because I never have time for it. You have to make time for the things that you feel are a priority. One of the things I love about that is the simple idea. It's it's the it's related to a non-negotiable in that you are saying this is essential for my ability yes. to thrive. And rather than being in a reactionary mode relative to that, you're being proactive. You're going to put it on the calendar. You're going to establish time for it to get it done. Absolutely. Another non-negotiable is, or the flip side rather of the non-negotiable that you communicate about. Uh, only wanting to work with clients that would, you know, please you, that would be fun to work with is finding a customer avatar. So a lot of time, an entrepreneur, they may end up like doing business with whomever they can get in the door. That sort of makes sense at the beginning of a business, but it's not sustainable. Talk to us about customer avatars. Defining your customer avatar is one of the most important things you can do for your business. It's getting really clear on who you serve. And when I say getting clear, what I mean is understanding how they think. What are they worried about? What keeps them up at night? What are the challenges that they're facing and how can you be the solution? And so for every product we create in my business, we create an avatar. We give him or her a name. We talk about what their lifestyle looks like, where they spend time. Do they have kids? Did they go to college? We really build out the person. Now, these are all educated guesses, but they're based on surveys that we do, different polls we do on social media, focus groups that we have. So we start to really collect the data and we build a person out for each of our different products. Now, we might have three or four different products with three or four different avatars, but there's always a through line with all of our avatars, which is just really what our message is all about. In my company, our message is about freedom, uh, creating a lifestyle and a business by your own design. So with each of the avatars we create, they all crave freedom. They all respect or desire, I should say, the uh, need or want for freedom, and so that will run through all of our avatars, but we're very clear who these people are, what they're about, so that we can create copy for them, so that we, they can see themselves in our sales pages, in our emails, and know that this product is right for them. And like attracts like, so you're gonna end up finding customers that are more like the kinds of people you wanna serve. Exactly, and a lot of people will say, well, Amy, if you're that specific about an avatar, aren't you going to leave people out? What about all the other people you want to serve? There's kind of a little magic thing that happens with avatars. When you get really clear who they are and you hone in on your message, the people that might not fit exactly into that but still see themselves in what you're talking about, they really want to work with you and they love how you teach or they value what you're teaching, they will still come into your world. So it's not like you're pushing everybody out, but you're making sure that you don't get lost in the sea of noise online. You cut through that noise and say, this is what I'm about and this is who I serve, and I promise you it will help build your business faster. You talk about some key basic strategies for business owners. One is creating content. The other is building an email list. Tell us a little bit about how that works. 
I wrote about creating an email list and creating content in my book, Two Weeks Notice, because I know these are the foundational pieces of building an online business. Someone might pick up my book and they've already left their nine to five job and they're starting to build their business, but they're not seeing the kind of money they want. They're not building their audience fast enough. And usually that is because of these two things, content and growing your email list. So when I talk about content, I usually put a stake in the ground. And this is what I say. You should be creating weekly original content. Rain or shine, no excuses. And when I talk about weekly original content, I'm talking about a blog every week or a podcast every week or a video show every week, or it might be a live Q&A on Instagram. But you should be showing up every single week beyond just a post on social media in order to connect and add value to your audience. And you do this for two reasons. Number one, putting out original content will attract an audience to you. They'll find your content on social, on the web, through SEO, so that they start to dive into what you have to offer and realize, wait a second, this person or this company is my go-to source and they keep coming back for more. So weekly original content allows you to cast a wide net, but it also allows you to nurture the audience you already have. There are people that already have their eyeballs on you. They're already looking at what you're doing. And if every single week you're showing up for them, like a podcast episode, you also solidify your go-to source in their world. And that is important. Now, where does email list growth happen here? Once you're creating content on a regular basis, I want you to also create some kind of freebie, a lead magnet, a cheat sheet, a checklist, a guide, a discount code, whatever it might be, not just a newsletter, but something that they could sink their teeth into and think, oh, this is really valuable, I want more of this. And so when you're on your podcast every week at the top of the podcast, you could say, hey, by the way, if you haven't yet grabbed my cheat sheet, make sure to go there now. When you're on social media at the end of a Q&A, before I let you go, you know, I've got a cheat sheet about XYZ, make sure to grab it. It's not a build it and they will come. It's a build a lead magnet and then talk about it every single week consistently. And the reason why your email list is so important is because social media is fickle. If you only use social media, you are literally building your business on rented ground. At any time, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, they could change that algorithm and boom, the way you've been doing business has changed. However, if you use social media to grow your email list, That email list is something you own. It converts four times higher than any social media post, and that is where you really are going to build your relationships. At any time, I can send an email out, put together an offer, and make money. I could do it today. I wouldn't say so for social media. It doesn't work that quickly or that easily. So when you build an engaged email list, you have a mechanism in your business that will ensure you can make consistent revenue. What about a business that's not, you know, like strictly an online business? It's a Mm. service-oriented business. It's, you know, grounded in the real molecules of the real world, brick and mortar. What Do they need an email list? Absolutely. So let's say you have a brick and mortar. Let's say you are a chiropractor and you've got people coming in the door. Why would you need an email list? Well, number one, to do business today, you've got to do business online. My husband just needed a chiropractor here in Nashville. The first thing he does is just he does a search online. And so online marketing is still incredibly powerful and necessary for any brick and mortar or service-based business. But why do you need an email list? Well, if let's say somebody were to um, come into your, your store or come into your facility or whatever it might be, and they use you once, 
months. Let's say you're a chiropractor and they get an adjustment and they're out of there. If you got their email address and you continued to market to them, let them know you have a special coming up, give them some value about ways to do adjustments, hit them right when they need it, they will be coming back for more. So in order to get a loyal customer, being in their email, let's say every week or every other week, keeps you top of mind. So the next time they need you, they're going to come to you. So I believe an email list is just as important for any physical business as it is for any online business. It just makes business easier to get people through the door. Now, social media is, I think for a lot of people, more attractive, it's more engaging, so they tend to focus on social media more. Where are business owners going wrong with social media? What are they doing wrong with social media? I don't think they're telling enough stories. So this is something I've learned over the years as I've built my own business. The more we can tell stories, our own stories or those of our students or our clients or customers, that's where you really make social media come alive. And so the way you do this is that maybe you make an Instagram reel and the Instagram reel is one of your clients talking about how much they love you and your company and why they love you and your company and you run that. Someone lands on your social media and they hear from somebody else who has spent money with you that is incredibly happy. I think we need to showcase our customers more and tell their stories and our stories. Another thing that I think a lot of people miss on social media is taking people behind the scenes, showing how you do it, um, how you might uh, work with customers or put together the product, whatever that might be. Behind the scenes allows people to know you at a more intimate level. We all know that people wanna do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so taking be people behind the scenes builds that trust for them. In two weeks notice, you also talk about what you call boss traps. Yeah. And I want to talk about two of them. The first is letting your clients boss you around. You actually kind of maybe indicated a little bit of that talking about the non-negotiable and the boundaries earlier on. Let's talk a little bit more about that. And then the second one is mistaking excitement for good business. Let's get into both of those. So the first boss trap of letting your customers boss you around, this I alluded to this a little bit earlier because when you do not unboss yourself, when you forget that now you're running a business, you are the boss, and you get back into that trap of thinking like an entrepreneur, what will happen is your customers will ask a lot of you. They will want to know when you can do it and how fast you can do it. And if you don't have those boundaries, if you don't lead like a boss, you will absolutely get caught in the trap of doing everything they need on their own time frame. And so the boss trap here is not realizing that you are giving in to every whim and request they have. Now, we all want to be great at customer service. We want to put the customers first and make sure that they're always right. But it comes with, uh, if you don't do it in a way that you protect yourself as well, it comes to a point that you start to regret your clients. So be very careful. First, you set your boundaries. First, you know what you stand for, what you're about, and how far you'll go. And then you enter into those relationships so that you don't get taken advantage of. It's really important to pay attention to that. If you don't do that, that is like having a uh, a non-negotiated thing where somebody can kind of like unilaterally just come in and dictate the terms of the business as if you don't matter. Absolutely. They'll dictate the terms of the business as if you don't matter because they don't see any other way. They're just like, oh, great. I can, I can do what I want here. Let's go. And all of a sudden, your customers are literally running the show. And that is not why you built a business. So it's right. something that you have to be really careful about. 
Okay, the second boss trap I wanna talk about is mistaking excitement for good business. I've never done this myself personally, not one time, <laughs> but uh, I, I hear that it's a problem for many business owners. Absolutely. So here's what happens. Most entrepreneurs love variety. Mm -hmm. They have tons of ideas that are just flowing out of them. And there's a lot of shiny objects circling around us as we work on our projects. And something comes down the pipeline and you get really excited about it and you dive right in, forgetting that you actually already were working on this project that you haven't yet seen to completion. All of a sudden, as we get excited about this and that and this, we have tons of open loops and no projects that are complete. And so what I always say is when you put together a plan and anything that uh, your audience is doing, they know the importance of a plan. You all teach it so beautifully in your own business. And so when you put together a plan and you say, these are my goals, this is what I'm doing, anything that comes along the way, either you can get excited about it, but it goes on the back burner till you're done here, or you have to decide, am I willing to give this up in order to do this? You can do anything you want, but you cannot do it all at once. So there's going to be some negotiating, but also sacrificing. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So be careful of the shiny objects and be careful just because you're excited doesn't mean it needs to be a new project on your plate. A lot of people in the audience, they are business owners, but of course, there are also aspiring business owners listening to this right now. What would you give them for advice? What I would say is that if you're thinking about leaving your nine to five job, if you haven't left yet, or maybe you know somebody who really wants to leave that job, they're not happy, they're underpaid, undervalued, and you want to encourage them to move forward to become an entrepreneur. The thing that I would say is, First, help them get clear on their why, or if it's you, get clear on why you want to be your own boss. And also, what would that mean for you, your family, your lifestyle? Because the biggest mistake I made when I left my corporate job and went into entrepreneurship is I didn't have a clear vision of how I wanted to live my life, how I wanted to spend time, who I wanted to spend that time with. And so I built a business and then tried to stuff a lifestyle into the business I already created, which is very difficult. But imagine if you were brand new to all of this and you really got clear on the life you wanted and then you built a business around that with non-negotiables and boundaries and tiger time and all the things that we talked about so that you actually are living a life in a business on your terms. That's what I would encourage you to do. Get clear on what you truly want and what you want your life to look like. Then let's build a business around that. Now let's just flip that around exactly the other direction. You're listening to this show. You are a business owner. You have somebody on your team who seems to have the urge to jump. How do you relate to that person and how do you set them up for success in whatever they end up choosing to do? I love this question because I have a business where I teach people how to quit their nine to five jobs and start online businesses, but I have a team of 20 full-time employees. And I'm often asked like, how do you keep your employees if you teach people how to be entrepreneurs? Well, I'm sure I'm going to lose some of them to entrepreneurship and I will celebrate that all day long. I would never, ever want to hold someone back for going after what they really want. But the thing is, First of all, I think we can all set up businesses that feel like freedom to our employees. I, I'm really big on this. I run a four-day work week for all my employees. I have unlimited time off within reason. There's some guidelines around that. But I love the fact that they can spend time out of their business. I love the fact that they can um, build a life in a business 
that they love, even if they are not their own bosses. So my first thing is think about how you can make your business feel more exciting, more free, and less corporate, because I can promise you, you will keep your employees longer. But if there's an employee that's excited to do their own thing, they they want to try to go after it, I would encourage them all day long. I never want anyone to stay in my business if they're not excited to be there, and I would guide them as much as I could. That's just my own philosophy, but it's something that I deal with on a regular basis due to what I teach. Yeah, that makes sense. Amy, Is there any final word that you would leave our audience with? I know a lot of people listening already left their nine to five job and they might be thinking, well, what's what's in this for me? And what I would say is that I wrote a book, Two Weeks Notice, about how to strengthen the foundation of your online business. There are so many things that many of us miss when we're just starting out from really good content creation and content planning to building that email list, to honing in on your messaging, to getting your offers done right. And if there's areas of your business that you just know you need to strengthen, I promise you it's in the pages of Two Weeks Notice. Amy, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. That's it for this bonus conversation on the Business Accelerator podcast. Make sure you check out Amy's book, Two Weeks Notice. Go to twoweeksnoticebook.com to find out more about it. And make sure you come back next week for another episode of the Business Accelerator podcast. 